Welcome back to another exciting episode of Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. I'm your host, Chappie, and let's get started. So we start today's episode with what you guys on the Facebook page wanted to hear, which is all about secret societies. So I look up what a secret society is, and the definition is an organization whose members are sworn to secrecy about its activities. So because of the secrecy, there are a lot of information actually out there on secret societies, but... Obviously, it's probably not in-depth because most of their practices are secret. So let's hop into the first article. All right. Eight societies you might not know. Eight secret societies you might not know. By Jackie Mansky from Smithsonian Magazine. By their very name, secret societies inspire curiosity, fascination, and distrust. When the Washington Post broke the story last month that Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia spent his final hours in the company of members of a secret society for elite hunters, people instantly wanted to know more about the group. The fraternity in question, International Order of St. Hubertus, was incorporated by Count Anton von Spork in 1695 and was originally intended to gather the greatest noble hunters of the 17th century, particularly in Bohemia, Austria, and countries of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, ruled by the Habsburgs, according to its official website. After the organization denied membership to Nazis, Notably, military leader Hermann Göring, Hitler dissolved it. But the order reemerged after World War II, and an American chapter was founded in the late 1960s. The order is just one of many clandestine organizations that exist today. Though the popularity of these secret clubs peaked in the 18th and 19th centuries, writes Noah Schottman for Wired, Back then, many of these societies served as safe spaces for open dialogue about everything from academia to religious discourse, removed from the restrictive eye of the church and the state. As Schottman writes, these societies were the incubators of democracy, modern science, and ecumenical religion. They elected their own leaders and drew up constitutions to govern their operations. It wasn't an accident that Voltaire, George Washington, and Ben Franklin were all active members. And just like today's network radicals, much of their power was wrapped up in their ability to stay anonymous and keep their communication secret. The emphasis on secret was what inspired so much distrust in the exclusive clubs. No less than the New York Times weighed in on secret societies in 1880 not wholly dismissing the theory that Freemasonry brought about the Civil War and acquitted President Johnson and had committed or concealed crimes without number, the Times comments, This able theory of Freemasonry is not so readily believed as the theory that the European secret societies are the ruling power in Europe, but there are still many people as yet outside the lunatic asylum who firmly believe it. 
Many religious leaders felt, at the very least, conflicted about secret orders. In 1887, Reverend T. DeWitt Talmadge wrote his sermon on the moral effect of Freemasonry, Odd Fellowship, Knights of Labor, Greek Alphabet, and other societies. The Reverend, who said that he had hundreds of personal friends who belonged to the orders, used Proverbs 25.9, Discover not a secret to another, to ask his audience to question whether or not being a member of a secret society would be a positive or negative decision for them. Meanwhile, the same week, Cardinal James Gibbons took a more definitive stand on secret orders, saying that they had no excuse for existence. In the United States in the late 19th century, there was enough of a natural, national uproar against secret societies that one concerned group created an annual anti-secret society convention. In 1869, the National Convention in Chicago the attendees went after the secular press. The organization's secretary said that the press either approved or ignored secret societies, while few religious papers have spunk enough to come out for Christ in opposition to masonry. But in 1892, the group which deemed the societies an evil to society and a menace to our civil institutions had failed to secure them anything but strong denunciation as the Pittsburgh Dispatch commented. While the Da Vinci Code novelist Dan Brown and his contemporaries have shined a light upon some of the bigger secret fraternal organizations like the Order of Skull and Bones, Freemasons, Rosicrucians, and the Illuminati, there are still other lesser-known groups that have compelling stories of their own. Here are just a few. The Improved Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks of the World. In 1907, the Seattle Republican reported of the Order of Elks, writing that it claimed by its members and officers that it is one of the most thriving secret societies among Afro-Americans of this city. According to the nonprofit African American Registry, the Fraternal Order was founded in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1899 after two black men were denied admission to the Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks of the World, which is still popular today. And despite questions raised on discriminative practices, now allows any American citizen 21 years or older who believes in God to be invited to join its ranks. The two men decided to take over the order's name and make their own club around it, formerly called the Improved Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks of the World. The order was once considered to be at the center of the black community. During the era of segregation, the lodge was one of the few places where black men and women could socialize. The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette wrote, in recent years, however, the Post-Gazette commented that the secret organization has struggled to retain its relevance. Still, the secret society continues to sponsor educational scholarship programs, youth summer computer literacy camps, parades, as well as community service activities throughout the world. The Grand Orange Lodge The Grand Orange Lodge, known more commonly as the Orange Order, got its name from Prince William III, 
the Prince of Orange, and was found, founded after the Battle of the Diamond outside a small village in modern-day Northern Ireland called Lugal. Its purpose was to protect Protestants, and that's why, in 1849, the Lord Lieutenant of Ireland, George William Frederick Villers, captured the ire of Dublin's Waterford News for supporting the society. The paper wrote, Lord Clarendon has been holding communication with an illegal society in Dublin for upwards of 10 days. The Grand Orange Lodge, with its secret signs and passwords, has been plotting with His Excellency during the whole of that period. This may be, seem strange, but it is a fact. At the time, secret societies were banned from Ireland, as they were said to be, have acted in antagonism to the Land League, an Irish political organization, according to Ireland's official records on statistics of eviction and crime. The Grand Orange Lodge is still around today, with clubs in Ireland, as well as others around the world. Prospective members of the Protestant fraternity don't take a pledge. They just have to affirm their acceptance of the principles of Reformation, as well as loyalty to their country. As to the question of whether they are anti-Roman Catholic, the official website states, Orangism is a positive rather than negative force. It wishes to promote the Reformed faith based on the infallible Word of God, the Bible. Orangism does not foster resentment or intolerance. Condemnation of religious idolatry is directed against church doctrine and not against individual adherents or members. All right, the Independent Order of Odd Fellows. Perhaps one needs to be a member of the altruistic and friendly society known as the Independent Order of Odd Fellows to know for sure when the club first started, but the first written record of the order comes in 1812. However, it references George IV. Even before he was named Prince Regent of the United Kingdom, George IV had been a member of the Freemasons, but as the story goes, when he wanted a relative of his to be admitted to the society without having to endure the lengthy initiation process, the request was emphatically denied. George IV left the order, declaring he would establish a rival club. According to a history of the Independent Order of Odd Fellows, published by the Philadelphia Evening Telegraph in 1867, the official website of the order, however, traces the club's origins all the way back to 1066. Regardless of how it first started, it's fair to say the king got his wish. The Independent Order of Odd Fellows is still around today, and the club counted British Prime Ministers Winston Churchill and Stanley Baldwin among its ranks. The Odd Fellows, as they call themselves, are grounded in the ideals of friendship, love, and truth. There are real skeletons in the Order's lodges. They are used during initiation to remind its members of their mortality, the Washington Post reported in 2001. The Knights of Pileus The Knights of Pileus was founded by Justin Rathbone, a government employee in Washington, D.C. in 1864. He felt there was a moral need for an organization that practiced brotherly love, which would make sense seeing as the country was in the midst of the Civil War. 
The name is a reference to the Greek legend of Damon and Pythias, the Pythagorean ideal of friendship. All of its founding members worked for the government in some capacity, and it was the first fraternal order to be chartered by an act of Congress. The order's official website writes, The Knights of Pythias colors are blue, red, and yellow. Blue signifies friendship, yellow charity, and red benevolence. The North Carolina Evening Chronicle wrote in a special edition celebrating the 50th anniversary of the club in 1914. The Knights of Pythias is still active and is a partner of the Boy Scouts of America, the second organization to receive its charter from the United States Congress. The Ancient Order of the Foresters Known today as the Foresters Friendly Society, the Ancient Order of the Foresters was initially established in 1834, according to the Society's website, albeit under a slightly different name. The Ancient Order was created before the state health insurance began in England, so the club offered sick benefits to the working class members. In 1874, the American and Canadian branches left the Ancient Order and set up the Independent Order of the Foresters. Candidates looking to be admitted to the club had to pass an examination by a competent physician, who is himself bound by his connection with the Order. The Boston Weekly Globe wrote in 1879, The society still provides insurance policies today for its members, who also engage in a variety of community service activities. The Ancient Order of United Workmen John Jordan Upchurch and 13 others in Meadville, Pennsylvania, founded the Ancient Order of United Workmen in 1868 with the goal of bettering conditions for the working class. Like the Foresters, it set up protections for its members. Initially, should a member die, all brothers of the order contributed a dollar to the member's family. That number would eventually be capped at $2,000. The ancient order of United Workmen is no longer around, but its legacy continues as the order unintentionally created a new kind of insurance that would influence other fraternal groups to add an insurance provision in their constitutions. The Patriotic Order of Sons of America. The Patriotic Order Sons of America dates back to the early days of the American Republic, according to its official website. Following in the footsteps of the Sons of Liberty, the Order of the United Americans and Guards of Liberty, the Patriotic Sons of America, which later added the word order to its name, became one of the most progressive, most popular, most influential as well as strongest patriotic organizations in the United States in the early 20th century. This was wrote in the Allentown Leader in 1911. How progressive the order actually was is up to interpretation. In 1891, the Sons of America refused to delete the word white in its constitution, defeating a proposition that would allow black men to apply. Today, the order opens its memberships up to all native-born and naturalized American male citizens, 16 years and older, who believe in their country and its institutions, who desire to perpetuate free government, and who wish to encourage a brotherly feeling among Americans, to the end that we may exalt our country, to join with us in our work of fellowship and love.
the Molly Maguires. In 1870s, 24 foremen and supervisors in the coal mines of Pennsylvania were assassinated. The suspected culprit? Members of the secret society, the Molly Maguires, an organization with Irish origins brought to the United States by Irish immigrants. The, Mag the Maguires likely got its name because members used women's clothing as a disguise while allegedly carrying out its illegal acts which also included arson and death threats. The group was finally undone by a mole planted by the famed Pinkerton Detective Agency, which was hired by the mining company to investigate the group. In a series of criminal trials, 20 Maguires were sentenced to death by hanging. The Order of the Sons of St. George, another secret organization, which was founded in 1871 to oppose the Maguires, also appears to have vanished. All right, very cool article. I had not heard of any of those. All right. We hop over to history.com. Five secret societies that have remained shrouded in mystery. From the Knights Templar to Freemasons to Skull and Bones. Here's what we know and don't know about secret societies throughout history by Jessica Pierce Rotondi. Secret societies have flourished throughout history and count founding fathers and royals among their ranks. Members, most often men, have been tapped to join the Knights Templar, the Freemasons, the Bavarian Illuminati, Skull and Bones, and Bil Bilderberg. The allure of secret societies is part mystery, part legend. Conspiracy theories have surrounded them for th centuries, with rumors of groups like the Illuminati being linked to everything from the French Re Revolution to the assassination of JFK. But it's important to separate fact from fiction. Here are a few real stories behind history's most elusive exclusive secret societies. Number one, the Knights Templar. The Knights Templar were warriors dedicated to protecting Christian pilgrims to the Holy Land during the Crusades. The military order was founded around 1118 when Hughes de Payens, a French knight, created the Poor Fellow Soldiers of Christ and the Temple of Solomon, or the Knights Templar for short. Headquartered at the Temple Mound in Jerusalem, members pledged to live a life of chastity, obedience, and poverty, abstaining from gambling, alcohol, and even swearing. The Knights Templar were known for more than their military prowess and moral lifestyle. They became one of the most wealthy and powerful forces in Europe after setting up a bank that allowed pilgrims to deposit money in their home countries and withdraw it in the Holy Land. Their influence swelled to a new high in 1139 when Pope Innocent II issued a Pabal bull exempting them from paying taxes and decreeing that the only authority they had to answer to was the Pope. At the apex of their power, the Knights Templar owned the island of Cyprus, a fleet of ships, and lent money to kings. But not all kings were happy customers. What happened to the Knights Templar? 
When the Crusades came to an end after the fall of Acre, the Knights Templar withdrew to Paris, where they focused on their banking endeavors. On October 13, 1307, King Philip IV of France, whom the Knights Templar had denied additional loans, had a group of knights arrested and tortured until they made false confessions of depravity. In 1309, as the city of Paris watched, dozens of Knights Templar were burned at the stake for their alleged crimes. Under the pressure from the French crown, Pope Clement V formally dissolved the order in 1312 and redistributed their wealth. Rumors that the Knights Templar guarded artifacts like the Holy Grail or the Shroud of Turin began bubbling up among conspiracy theorists. Popular books and films like the Da Vinci Code continue to inspire curiosity about the Knights Templar today. The Cross of Lorraine is a double-barred cross that is featured prominently in the coat of arms of the Duke of Lorraine. After Lorraine nobleman Godfrey de Bouillon became the King of Jerusalem during the First Crusade, the symbol became known as the Jerusalem Cross. When the Knights Templar arrived in the Holy Land, they adopted it as the symbol of their order. During World War II, the Cross of Lorraine was a symbol of the French resistance to Nazi rule. Some eagle-eye observers have claimed to spot the Cross of Lorraine in the Exxon and Nabisco logos, and even stamped on Oreo cookies. Number two, Freemasons. The Freemasons loom large in American history. After all, 13 of the 39 men who signed the U.S. Constitution were Masons. Founding fathers like George Washington, James Monroe, Benjamin Franklin, John Hancock, and Paul Revere all counted themselves as members of the Fraternal Order. But who are the Freemasons? The Freemasons can trace their roots to the Middle Ages in Europe, a time when most craftsmen were organized in local guilds. Cathedral builders, by nature of their profession, had to travel from city to city. They identified one another via signs of their trade, like the builder square and compass in Freemasonry, now a conic symbol. The earliest reference to Masons is in the Regis poem, or Hallowell Manuscript, which was published in 1390. But Freemasonry as we know it today was founded in 1717, when four London lodges merged to form England's first Grand Lodge. Freemasonry quickly spread across Europe and to the American colonies. All right, let's take a little break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, jumping right back into the story. What do Freemasons believe? 
Freemasonry is not a religion, though members are encouraged to believe in a supreme being or grand architect of the universe. Masonic temples and secret rituals have brought them into conflict with the Catholic Church. The Church first condemned the Freemasons in 1738 and has gone on to issue around 20 decrees against them. In 1985, Roman Catholic bishops restated over 200 years' worth of these strictures in the face of an increased number of Catholics joining the order. The Church wasn't their only enemy. The secrecy of the Masons garnered such distrust in early America that it inspired America's first third party, the Anti-Masonic Party. Are there Freemasons today? Freemasons do exist today, and their public image has been greatly influenced by the high-profile charity work of the Shriners, a subset of Freemasons also known as the Ancient Arabic Order Nobles of the Mystic Shrine. The Shriners were founded by Freemasons in 1870 at New York City's Knickerbocker College and continue their volunteer work today. How do you become a Freemason? The rituals around becoming a Freemason are shrouded in secrecy, but have entered the public imagination in film and TV, and were even parodied on an episode of The Simpsons. Membership is open to all males over the age of 21, and women can join an associated group known as the Order of the Eastern Star. According to the New York Times, aspiring members must ask to join and cannot be otherwise approached. As summed up in a recruiting slogan, all you have to do is ask. If you do get in, you'll be in good company. Famous Freemasons include Mozart, Winston Churchill, Davy Crockett, Franklin D. Roosevelt, and John Wayne. The most recognizable symbol of the Freemasons is the square and compasses. The right angle of the builder's square is joined by a compass, a central tool in geometry, which, according to some experts at MIT, is represented by the G at the head of the symbol. Others have interpreted the G to represent God, the grand architect of the universe. The Eye of Providence. The views of the all-seeing eye as a Masonic symbol has been sharply debated. Long before the Freemasons, Egyptians used the Eye of Horus, and the all-seeing eye appeared repeatedly in Renaissance art as a symbol of Christianity and God's watchfulness. But organizations like the Philadelphia Federal Reserve claim Freemasonry. Henry Wallace and Franklin D. Roosevelt purposely chose it when they redesigned the dollar bill in 1934. According to the George Washington Masonic National Memorial, the all-seeing eye is a Masonic symbol of the watchful care of the Supreme Architect that began appearing in printed Masonic li literature in the mid-1700s. Alright, number three, the Illuminati. The Illuminati were founded by Professor Adam Weishaupt in Bavaria on May 1st, 1776. Weishaupt Chafing at the power of the conservative Catholic Church and the Bavarian monarchy, sought to cast aside organized religion in favor of a new form of illumination through reason. Inspired by the spread of the Enlightenment across Europe, 
He also drew upon ideas expressed by the Jesuits. He was a former member. The Mysteries of the Seven Sages of Memphis, the Kabbalah, and Freemasons. He recruited heavily from the latter group, infiltrating Masonic lodges in his quest to recruit some of the wealthiest and most influential men in Europe. Members of the Bavarian Illuminati, referred to as perfectibilists, were broken into three tiers of increasing power and drawn from social societal elites, including noblemen like former Freemason Baron von Nigg and writer Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. All communications was in cipher, and members were given classical nicknames. Weishaupt, for example, was Spartacus. What happened to the Illuminati? The organization flourished before being stamped out by Karl Theodore of Bavaria, who issued an edict making membership to the Illuminati punishable by death in 1787. But the death of the Bavarian Illuminati did not quell gossip about their clandestine activities, and conspiracy theories have linked the group to everything from the French Revolution to the assassination of JFK. The Illuminati served as an inspiration for Dan Brown's Angels and Demons and Fulcock's Pendulum by Umberto Eco. 4. Skull and Bones The Order of Skull and Bones is a secret society founded at Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut in 1832. Skull and Bones founder William Huntington Russell was inspired by an occult society he'd visited in Germany. His co-founder was Alfonso Taft, future Secretary of War under President Grant, and his father of President William Howard Taft, who had also become a member of the Skull and Bones. The prominent list of Bonesmen includes several presidents and modern-day power brokers. How do you join the Skull and Bones? Each year, 15 seniors at Yale are tapped to join the Skull and Bones. Their names are published in the Yale Rumpus, though what happens behind closed doors of the tomb, the windowless meeting space where Bonesmen gather twice a week, is under wraps. Members take an oath of secrecy. Graduate members are referred to as patriarchs, while those undergoing initiation are called knights. Outsiders of the group are called barbarians. Famous Skull and Bones members include Presidents William Howard Taft, George H.W. Bush, and his son, George W. Bush. Founder of Time Magazine, Henry Luce, former Secretary of State and presidential hopeful John Kerry, Fortune 500 elites, and members of the CIA. The controversial 1986 expose America's Secret Establishment by Anthony Sutton claimed that Skull and Bones was out to create a new world order run by Bonesmen, prompting myriad conspiracy theories. The symbol of Skull and Bones is appropriately a skull with two crossbones. What's less clear is the meaning of the number 322 beneath them. Yale alumni magazine points to the popular theory that it represents the year 322 BC when Alexander the Great died. Number five, 
Bilderberg. The first Bilderberg meeting was in 1954 and held at the Hotel de Bilderberg in the Netherlands, from which the organization gets its name. Convened by Prince Bernhard of the Netherlands, it was a gathering of powerful politicians from North America and Europe designed to foster warmer relations between the two continents, among fears of growing anti-Americanism Americanism in Europe. While not strictly a secret society like the Illuminati or Freemasons, Bilderberg's high-profile attendees, previous guests have included Bill Clinton, Margaret Thatcher, Angela Merkel, Tony Blair, Henry Kissinger, and its use of the Chatham House rule, blocking attendees from sharing what happens in the meetings gives the group an air of mystery. Journalists are barred from reporting on it. Meeting minutes are not released. How do you get an invite to the Bilderberg meeting? Bilderberg attendees are selected by a dedicated international committee. Every year, about 120 to 140 people are invited, about two-thirds coming from Europe and one-third coming from North America. The Washington Post reports that while backgrounds in government and politics are the most common, attendees from fields like academia, finance, and media have also been included. Some conspiracy theories about the group? The level of secrecy surrounding the Bilderberg meeting has given rise to many rumors, including the unproven theories that Bilderberg attendees are behind the creation of the European Union, the invasion in Iraq, and the bombing of Serbia, reports the New York Times. Conspiracy theories have painted the group as plotting a new world order. Their official website maintains, thanks to the private nature of the meeting, the participants take part as individuals rather than in any official capacity, and hence are not bound by the conventions of their office or pre-agreed positions. Publicly known topics of conversation for this year's Bilderberg meeting are Brexit, cybersecurity, and climate change. What happens behind the closed doors of these secret societies have caused debate for centuries. What's clear is that they continue to spark the imagination and curiosity of the public. All right, cool article. Let's take a little break. All right, we hop over to more of a not isolated, but more of a condensed version of secret societies. This one comes from indiana.gov called Secret Societies in Indiana During the Civil War by Stephen Town. Secret political groups played a significant role in Indiana's danger-fraught experience during the Civil War. By the mid-19th century, secret societies like the Freemasons, Oddfellows, and others featured prominently in male culture in the United States as men joined oath-bound groups to socialize with like-minded men. In the years before the war, secret associations with defined political goals and loosely modeled on familiar fraternal societies like the Freemasons emerged. For example, the Know-Nothings arose in the 1850s as an offshoot 
of the anti-immigrant American party to promote a nativist agenda. As the American party assimilated into the Republican party, the know-nothing movement subsided. As well, the Knights of the Golden Circle, Secret Society, founded by a shadowy figure named George W.L. Bickley, arose in the mid-1850s to advance a filibustering agenda to spread slavery from American South into Central and South America and the Caribbean. The case GC attracted a large membership in the South and mobilized efforts to lead armed expeditions into Mexico and other states. Newspaper reports from southern cities described a widespread movement, but it evinced little to no support in the North. During the secession crisis of 1860 to 1861 and the onset of war in 1861, evidence shows that the KGC evolved to support the Confederate political agenda of independence from the United States, as well as the protection of slavery. During the war, the group recruited North supporters in the North. In Indiana and neighboring states, the effort tapped into the substantial minority of conservative Democrats who espoused state sovereignty views regarding the relationship between federal government and the states, i.e. that a state could decide a separate to separate from the federal union. Tied to this outlook was the belief that Southern slave states should be allowed to decide for themselves whether or not to permit slavery. Consequently, members opposed a coercive war to restore the rebellious states to the Union and opposed President Abraham Lincoln's policies. Federal and county grand jury investigations of the existence of the KGC in Indiana and neighboring states in the early months of the war pointed vaguely to the presence of the oath-bound organization but civil law enforcement authorities failed to counteract their influence. U.S. Army Colonel, later Brigadier General, Henry B. Carrington spearheaded a military investigation of the secret society in Indiana, when in December 1862, he discovered that soldiers in the army camps around Indianapolis were members of a secret organization with various names, but which shared modes of communication. His investigations further revealed that the organization encouraged soldiers to desert the ranks. After Congress passed an Enrollment Act in March 1863, Carrington and other military commanders learned that war opponents were secretly arming themselves to offer organized resistance to draft enrollments and to protect deserters and draft dodgers. Troops sent to arrest deserters clashed with armed and organized groups. These groups obstructed enrollments in many places and shot dead, wounded, and otherwise intimidated enrollment officers. During that spring, troops arrested hundreds of armed men, many of whom were convicted in federal courts of resistance to federal laws. A number of those arrested confessed to membership in secret organizations. In an effort to counteract their strong presence, U.S. Army commanders and Indiana Governor Oliver P. Morton, who believed that the conspirators planned to sever Midwestern states from New England to form Northwestern Confederacy, worked together to expose the secret societies they believed were behind the violence. In the summer of 1863, 
careful but sometimes stern military response and public exposure of the existence of the KGC briefly quelled violence resistance in the state. In 1863, opposition to the coercive war effort and Lincoln's war policies grew in Indiana and neighboring states, largely in reaction to the protracted war and serious violation of civil liberties committed by Lincoln's government and military forces. As well, the president's Emancipation Proclamation declaring slaves free in the areas of the South, still in rebellion, enraged many conservatives in the North. Starting in the summer of 1863, the KGC changed many of its outward trappings, including its name. It first took on the name of the Order of American Knights, and later still in 1864, the Sons of Liberty. Nonetheless, its core beliefs of adherence to state sovereignty views and support of the right of the southern states to secede and protect slavery remained. Estimates of strength varied, but multiple informants reported approximately 100,000 members in Indiana in early 1864. Beyond resistance to the draft and protection of deserters, organization leaders in Indiana and other northern states established contact with the Confederate leaders through secret channels and developed far-reaching plans to obstruct the federal war effort. In the spring of 1864, U.S. Army spies managed to infiltrate the state leadership of the Sons of Liberty in Kentucky and Indiana. This success allowed commanders to learn what groups secretly planned. However, army and political officials feared that arresting the leadership would provoke an uprising at the time when there were few troops on the hand. Army spies later reported that Confederate forces and Indiana conspirators together planned to foment an uprising and attack Camp Morton, prisoner of war camp in Indianapolis, to release thousands of Confederate soldiers. In addition, in August, an informant revealed that a large shipment of arms and ammunition had been sent to Indiana Sons of Liberty leader Harrison Dodd of Indianapolis, a prominent Democrat in the city. Troops seized the cash in Indianapolis, as well as a second batch in New York City awaiting shipment to Indianapolis. Troops later arrested Dodd and several other members of the state Sons of Liberty leadership most of whom were prominent Democrats in the state, including William Harrison, Stephen Horsey, Joseph J. Bingham, Horace Heffron, William Bowles, Andrew Humphreys, and Lambding Milligan. Acting on orders from Washington, D.C., officials, Indianapolis commanders tried the prisoners by a military commission for conspiracy and disloyalty. The commission found four of the prisoners guilty and sentenced three of them to death. The trials coincided with the state and federal elections of the fall of 1864. Authorities allowed the trial proceedings to be published, which revealed the development of plans for a violent overthrow of state and federal governments. An alarmed voting public turned out for the incumbent Republican Lincoln and Morton. Military forces later foiled a similar plot to attack Camp Douglas, prisoner of war camp in Chicago, Illinois, 
and a subsequent military commission trial further revealed the history and workings of the secret organization. By this time, and as the rebels surrendered in the spring of 1865, the secret societies had been thoroughly exposed and ceased to be a significant threat to the United States. For their part, wartime Republicans also established secret organizations to advance their political agenda. In 1862 and 1863, in response to the rise of secret societies allied to the Democratic Party that opposed Lincoln's administration's war effort, Republicans created their own secret groups to combat the threat of the KGC. Called variously the Loyal or the Union Leagues, the group obtained, obtained support from the Republican or Union governments in office in the Midwestern states. In Illinois, Republican government Richard Yates armed the local Union League groups to form a politically reliable militia. Fortunate to have an operation, operable state militia law, Governor Morton of Indiana did not go to that extreme. At the local level, however, animosity between the Democratic and Republican societies was sometimes bloody. All right. That was written by Stephen Town. That's crazy. Because <laughs> I feel like even in today's American society, the Republicans are always after the Democrats and vice versa, creating animosity instead of meeting in the middle and working together. So I know for most Americans, it's, it's like we're not all the way one side or the other. We're somewhere in the middle but we don't have quite the representation that meets us there in the middle. But I digress. <laughs> All right, let's go to another story. WM.edu. Let's see. This is called It's a Secret. Occasionally, a visitor to William and Mary will be talking to one of us and suddenly ask us a question. What's the story? They want to know with these secret societies here at the university. That's the problem with secret societies. They're secret. Nobody talks much about them. The origins of collegiate secret societies are shrouded in the midst of time and in well secrecy. The most famous of these groups is, of course, the Skull and Bones at Yale. But there are more than one secret society, and the show evidence of being alive and well at William & Mary. Currently, there are at least three secret societies at William & Mary, possibly more, and most well-known is the Bishop James Madison Society, which some say is associated with Yale's Skull and Bones in some way. Founded in 1812, the group takes its name from the eighth president of William & Mary, and its cousin of the United States, James Madison. Just because they're secret doesn't mean these groups are completely invisible. The Bishop James Madison Society, for instance, sponsors last lecture near the end of the academic year. Last lecture is a final academic address by a retiring professor or other honored member of the campus community. There also is evidence of a group called the Society of Sevens and another all-female called the Alphas. You may or may not hear about the 13s too. 
These groups are never highly visible, of course, but they tend to make themselves more known around commencement than at any other times of the year. The Sevens sometimes post flyers in the spring recognizing some people for excellence. Are these people newly initiated members of the society? Who knows? At least some members of the Bishop James Madison Society wear the group's distinctive quatrefoil emblem with their academic regalia. And then there's the mystery of the FHC Society, 1750, a secret society devoted to the fraternitas humanitas et cognito, of which Thomas Jefferson was a famous member. A spinoff, the Flat Hat Club, was revived in 1916 and exists to this day. Our secret societies aren't fodder for conspiracy theorists, and their actions would no doubt disappoint fans of the Da Vinci Code, because their actions seem to consist only of anonymous philanthropic, philanthropic acts that benefit William and Mary and the people at university. There's none of the subversion of democratic institutions and assassinations or other dark manipulation of events to bring about the fulfillment of any of the group's nefarious goals. All right, cool article. Let's take a break. All right, jumping back into the stories. We go now to Spyscape, where they have a cool article about lifting the veil, rites, and rituals of the world's most secret societies. Right? Let's see. It's by Spyscape. Just the mention of secret societies conjures up visions of men in robes offering sacrifices and conspiring about world domination. Sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction, however. Join us as we delve into 10 of the most secretive clubs. Number 1. The Cicada 3301 Secret Society Secret societies aren't all about nocturnal rituals. Internet-based clubs started appearing in 2012 with the secret Cicada 3301 Society a group that recruits within, with internet-based puzzles placed online on 4chan with clues dropped on Twitter. The challenges focus on crypt, crypto, cryptography, data security, steganography, and internet anonymity. 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 <laughs> Some speculate Cicada 3301 is a recruitment tool for U.S. or U.K. intelligent agencies. Others believe it is an alternate reality game or group of advocating for online privacy and freedom of information. There have been no attempts to monetize the society, although the thriller Dark Web adopted the concept. Uh, this has more information, so we'll go over it. The Knights Templar Secret Society. The Knights Templar, a religious military order during the Crusades, founded in 1119 in Jerusalem, lived like monks and fought like medieval Green Berets. They were suited and booted in black or white robes, bearing a red cross. 
their disciplinary code involved hundreds of rules, with disobedience punished by flogging or in order to eat meals on the floor with dogs. While they were founded to protect Christian pilgrims to the Holy Land, they also operated a bank, and some despised their wealth and influence. French King Philip IV accused the knights of having a secret homoerotic induction ceremony and worshipping statues, trumped up charges that led to their demise. Mexican drug cartel Los Caballeros Templarios models itself on the knights, mimicking their medieval approach to discipline and punishment. Right. I'll read all of these, even if we've already mentioned the group, because it goes into some of the rituals. The Order of the Skull and Bones Secret Society. The Order of the Skull and Bones, founded in 1832 at Yale University, is one of the most secretive student societies, most notorious even, more notorious even, than the Seven Society, the Flat Hat Club, and the Bullington Club. Skull and Bones, with an HQ known as the Tomb, initiates 15 people a year, with fewer than 800 living members at any time. New York's Observer, equipped with night vision video equipment, recorded a shocking initiation rite in which new recruits were berated with sexual insults, forced to kneel and kiss a skull at the feet of the initiators, and watched as other members acted out a throat-cutting ceremony ritual. Other reports cite ceremonies in which members dressed as the devil, a skeleton, and in robes to recite the club's death mantra. The hangman equals death. The devil equals death. Death equals death. Initiates are told they must die to the barbarian world and be reborn in the Elysian company of the order. The Order of St. Hubertus Secret Society. Former U.S. Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia spent his final hours in 2016 in a Texas lodge that was hosting the International Order of St. Hubertus, an aristocratic society of hunters founded in Austria in the 1600s, whose members are knighted on behalf of the King of Spain. The Grand Master and His Imperial Highness Istvan von Habsburg-Lothringen, Archduke of Austria, and the society's motto is honoring God by honoring his creatures. U.S. members dress in white tails before being knighted at Washington's Immaculate Conception Catholic Church. Gentlemen are dubbed with a sword before the donning, forest green capes with embroidered Maltese crosses. What does the cabal actually do? Weekend shoots, often game birds, posh dinners, and masked balls. You need to discuss the more private parts of the agenda over brandy and cigars. All right. A lot of what they say about the Freemasons is what we've already mentioned. Right. Let's see. They have the Bilderberg Group, we've already mentioned. Oh, this one's new. The Rosicrucian Order Secret Society. 
Do you need ancient wisdom to improve your memory or enrich your spirit? Rosicrucianism may be able to assist. The spiritual and cultural movement developed in Europe in the early 17th century claims to have the key to a previously unknown order of the world built on esoteric truths of the ancient past. The doctrines offer insight into nature, the universe, and spirituality. Philosophers Robert Flood and Thomas Vaughn showed interest, and Rosicrucians are believed to have influenced Freemasonry. Rosicrucian teachings are a combination of occultism and other practices, including Hermeticism, Jewish mysticism, and Christian Gnosticism. There are several branches, including the International Rosicrucian Order. The Chinese Tongs. Ian Fleming's Dr. No was involved with the Tongs, a Chinese syndicate with tentacles stretching from Shanghai to New York. But were the Tongs fictional or real-life secret societies? A Tong, which means a hall or meeting place, generally refers to a group involved in nefarious activities like gambling or the opium trade. They originated in the 17th century China, but spread to the U.S. as Chinese immigrants needed protection against lawless members of society. As specialized Tongs evolved, societies of craftsmen and or merchants, so did criminal tongs selling protection. From the 1880s to 1930s, tong wars erupted in San Francisco, Chicago, and New York, as tongs fought for territory to control the trade of opium, prostitution, people smuggling, and gambling. Tongs still existed, exist as a fraternal organization, but triads have primarily taken on the violent role that tongs occupied in the early 20th century. The Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. The Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn was devoted to the practicing the occult, metaphysics, and paranormal activities during the 19th and 20th centuries. It borrowed from occult tradition like Kabbalah, tarot, astrology, and Anakian magic, magic practiced by angels, to create a magic system still in use today. The society was based on hierarchy, an initiation similar to Masonic lodges. The first order involved learning esoteric philosophy and improving personal development through a study of astrology, tarot divination, and geomancy, one of the seven forbidden arts in the Renaissance magic. The second order taught magic, including astral travel. And the third order involves secret chiefs who direct the lower two orders by spirit communication. Number 10, the Illuminati Secret Society. Beyonce and Jay-Z are frequently depicted as Illuminati heads of the New World Order, but who are the real Illuminati? The mysterious secret society was founded in Bavaria, as we mentioned before. One of the defining features of the society was that Illuminati members initially did not trust anyone over 30. Bavaria cracked down on the Illuminati and other secret societies in the 1700s, but rumors persist that it has survived as an underground society. The symbols most associated with the Illuminati include triangles, pentagrams, goats, the triple six, 
and the all-seeing eye of providence, which appears on the U.S. $1 banknote. Unfortunately, the Order of the Phoenix, the League of Assassins, Tenant, the Spider Society, and the Syndicate Shadow Government don't exist, as far as Spyscape knows. Nor does Buffy the Vampire Slayer's Watcher, a secret organization of parapsychologists. As for Homer Simpson's Ancient Society the Stonecutters, well, anything's possible. Alright, cool article. I like that it talked about some of the rituals. Alright. We go to Time Magazine where they have uh, conspiracy theories. And then separating fact from fiction, secret societies control the world. So let's dive in. If you were really a member of the global elite, you'd know this already. The world is ruled by a powerful, secretive few. Many of the rest of us peons have heard that in 2004, both candidates for the White House were members of Yale University's secretive Skull and Bone Society, many of whose members have risen to powerful positions. The Skull and Bones is small potatoes compared with the mysterious cabals that occupy virtually every seat of power, from the corridors of government to the boardrooms of Wall Street. Take the Illuminati, a sect said to have originated in the 18th century Germany, which is allegedly responsible for the pyramid and eye symbol adorning the $1 bill. They intend to foment world wars to strengthen the argument for creation of a worldwide government, which would of course be satanic in nature, right? Or consider the Freemasons, who toot their group as the oldest and largest worldwide fraternity, and boast alumni like George Washington. Some think that despite donating heaps of cash to charity, they, they're secretly plotting your undoing at the Masonic temples around the world. Or maybe, some theorize, the guys pulling the strings aren't concealed in shadow at all. They might be intelligentsia on the Council of Foreign Relations, a cadre of policy wonks who allegedly count their aims as punch publishing an root bi-monthly journal and establishing a unified world government, not necessarily in that order. What to know about college secret societies by Josh Moody. Fall into a deep enough virtual rabbit hole and you'll see theories about how secret societies control everything from global health to finances to media, education and beyond. The truth, however, may be less exciting, particularly for college secret societies. While these shadowy cabals may prompt conspiracy theories on college campuses and beyond, both former members and skeptics suggest that the panic is much ado about nothing. Even so, it's worth noting that collegiate secret societies as elite, at elite institutions count many influential people among their members, including the Bushes, Democratic rival John Kerry, who faced the latter Bush in 2004 presidential election, was also a member of a secret society. Not just any secret society, Kerry was in the same group as the Bushes, Skull and Bones at Yale University in Connecticut. One researcher notes, Skull and Bones, though not part of Greek life, has been considered the most powerful fraternity 
in the U.S. Other notable members of various college secret societies include Presidents William Howard Taft, Teddy Roosevelt, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, musician John Legend, and various other influencers in the political, financial, and cultural spheres. Secret Societies and the Power of Networking So what's to account for the success of the alumni of these clandestine clubs who have risen to prominent roles in society? One answer may be as simple as the opportunity to connect with well-heeled peers at elite institutions. It's kind of ritualized form of networking, explains Richard Spence, a history professor at University of Idaho, who has written about secret societies and teaches a class focused on the historical role and conspiracies attached to such organizations. That's one of the reasons that there is going to be some gain for you. Membership is going to admit you into a select group, Spence says. That's what makes the group appealing. It's also what makes people mistrust and hate them. David Allen Richards, a Yale graduate and Skull and Bones alumni, is the author of Skull and Keys, The Hidden History of Yale's Secret Societies. He describes collegiate secret societies as helpful, interesting, and ultimately benign organizations. The purpose is to have an intellectual and emotional experience with a group of your classmates who have been selected to provide a range from diversity that is now on campus, says Richard. While his book focuses on Yale, Richard notes the secret societies also exist at Princeton University in New Jersey in the form of eating clubs and final clubs at Harvard University in Massachusetts. But secret societies are not limited to Ivy League campuses. Similar organizations can also be found at University of Virginia, New York University, and various other colleges. These groups go by names such as Cadaver Society, Flat Hat Club, Porcelain Club, Euclean Club. What do college secret societies do? According to Richards, college secret societies were organized around debate and extemporaneous speech in early days. Groups such as Skull and Bones would select a topic the night of the meeting and debate various ideas at length. They could debate controversial subjects, politics, and religion among them, and learn how to think on their feet, says Richards. Now, he adds, many secret societies are more focused on academic research, such as biographies and living history projects. These groups tend to be small, Richard says, limited to 15 student members recruited with ethnic and ideological diversity in mind. Historically, most of these groups have been largely white and male, something that has been challenged in recent years. The fact that presidential rivals Bush and Kerry were both Skull and Bones members is a reflection of the commitment to ideological diversity, explains Spence. If you make a point of picking people across the spectrum, your influence widens. Members of such societies tend to abide by a secret part. Alumni contacted for this piece largely ignored requests for comment. But insights into these organizations are out there, such as a Reddit post from a user who claimed to be a Yale secret society. The Reddit user's description of the group's activities range from standard student life, informal dinners, movie nights, laser tag, to the unusual, 
dressing in black robes and white masks to go through the selection process for the incoming class of members. Ultimately, though, the Reddit user summarizes the society as something far more mild than conspiracy theories suggest. I wouldn't say we control anyone's future but our own. We encourage each other in our endeavors and learn to rely on other people who have been members, the post reads. This usually leads to interesting, useful connections when it comes to career moves. If the activities of a secret society sound a bit like what a student can expect from Greek life experience, that's no coincidence. In 1965 article in the Harvard Crimson student newspaper notes that some secret societies were once fraternities but broke away. All right, nine mysterious secret societies from around the world by April Snellings. Skipping around because some I've already mentioned. The Righteous and Harmonious Fists. Plenty of secret societies made grandiose but convenient unprovable claims about their historical influence, but China's righteous and harmonious fists indisputably changed the course of history in 1899, when its members fomented what became known as the Boxer Rebellion. The fists were mostly peasants and farmers from China's Shandong province, an area that had suffered droughts, floods, and famine in a quarter century leading up to the rebellion. After its defeats in the Opium Wars and the First Sino-Japanese War, China's ruling Xing Dynasty had been forced to allow considerable foreign activity in the region, particularly by German and Japanese interests. The Fists, who became known as Boxers, because the martial arts exercises they performed reminded observers of shadow boxing, resented the encroachment, and blamed foreign occupiers for the poor living conditions. The boxers first targeted Christian missionaries and Chinese Christians in the late 1890s. In 1900, the Xing dynasty lent its support to the group, and the boxers laid siege to Beijing's foreign district. The group was armed with knives, spears, swords, and rifles, and they were fierce and ruthless fighters who believed their calisthenic rituals made them bulletproof. The boxers were occasionally joined in the battlefield by their all-female counterparts, the Red Lanterns. It took an eight-nation force, including troops from America, Russia, and Japan, to squash the violent uprising. The Xing dynasty, which had ruled since the 17th century, was weakened by the rebellion. It was overthrown in 1912, ending centuries of imperial rule in China and making way for Mao Zedong and his People's Republic. All right, the Thule Society. The Thule Society was founded in 1918 by Walter... Nahas, a former German soldier who'd been discharged after being wounded on the Western Front, and Rudolf von Sebottendorf, a self-styled aristocrat whose real name was Adam Glauer. 
Both men shared an interest in the occult, but how much the group leaned into the supernatural angle is up for debate. Instead, the main tenets of the Thule Society, which took its name from a mythical Aryan homeland, focused on rabid anti-Semitism and violent right-wing nationalism. Ultimately, the Thule Society was short-lived. Nahaus was executed for conspiring against the Bavarian government, and Sabatendorf's influence never recovered after members of the society suspected him of leaking Nahaus's name to the authorities, along with the names of six other executed co-conspirators. According to British historian Nicholas Goodrick Clark's 1993 book, The Occult Roots of Nazism, the Thule Society was dissolved around 1925, when support had dwindled. Much has been made of the Thule connections to the Nazi party, and several members did go on to play key roles in German Workers' Party, which Hitler would recognize into the Nazis, or reorganize into the Nazis. Sebatendorf himself was all too eager to write about the relationship between his society and the Nazis in his memoirs. But according to the online magazine, Aeon, the idea that the Thule Society was in essence a fetal form of the Nazi party is a product of Sebatendorf's megalomaniacal imagination. The Seven Society. Again, we hear about the Skull and Bones, but I digress. Yale Skull and Bones is probably the best-known collegiate secret society, but for sheer, sheer drama and spectacle, none can top the University of Virginia's Seven Society. No one knows exactly when or how the group was formed, but it dates back to at least 1905, when its symbol, the numeral seven, surrounded by alpha, omega, and affinity signs, first appeared in the school's yearbook. The society's roster is a closely guarded secret, Membership is only revealed by a banner at the member's funeral. The group seemed to be more progressive than some collegiate societies, at least in terms of gender equality. While Skull and Bones didn't vote to allow women into the club until 1991, the identity of the Seven Society's first known female member was revealed in 1958. The group's highest profile activities are elaborately presented donations and gifts. According to the university's Virginia Magazine, the school's 1947 commencement address was interrupted when a check for $177,777.77 floated to the ground with the smoke cleared after a small explosion. In 2008, a $14,777.77 dollar amount contribution was delivered by a skydiver carrying a large seven flag. If you want to contact the Seven Society, you'll have to get in the spirit of their famously clandestine activities. The group only accepts correspondence in the form of a letter deposited at the Thomas Jefferson statue in the school's rotunda. All right, the Leopard Society. Members of an animalistic cult known as the Leopard Society were allegedly responsible 
for a series of ghastly killings in the West and Central Africa in the 19th and 20th centuries. In the 20s and 40s specifically, the society was blamed for a rash of murders in East Congo, resulting in several suspected members being executed by colonial authorities. Then in the 40s, more than 200 deaths were attributed to the cult in Nigeria, leading to the execution of 77 suspects. Little is known about the Leopard Society, and it's often difficult to separate factual accounts from its activities from misconceptions born of racism and colonial fears. Dressed in leopard skins and armed with metal claws, the group's adherents supposedly attacked, mutilated, and ate their victims out of a belief that consuming human flesh and blood would imbue them with supernatural strength. But according to Dr. Vicki Van Bockhaven of Ghent University, and the Royal Museum of Central Africa, the murders might have more to do with maintaining local power relations, performing indigenous justice in secret, and circumventing colonial government control. The Black Hand. Most secret societies have a flair of drama, but the Black Hand was exactly as sinister as it sounds. Formerly known as Unification or Death, the Black Hand was founded in 1911 by Serbian military officials. According to the Washington Post, the group's aim was unifying southern Slavs, including Bosnians, Slavnes, and Croats in Austria-Hungary, into Greater Serb, Serb and South Slavic Yugoslav state. If there were any doubts about where, whether the Black Hand meant to use violence to achieve that end, the group quelled them with its logo, a skull, a bomb, a knife, and a vial of poison. Members swore unquestioningly fealty to the organization and promised to take its secrets to the grave. The group was headquartered in Belgrade, where a central committee oversaw the activities of small three to five member cells the Black Hand has been implicated in terrorist activities and political murders, but its most consequential action was facilitating the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand and his wife, an event that helped start World War I. The Black Hand supplied the Archduke's assassins with bombs, pistols, and cyanide capsules and helped them smuggle the weapons across the border from Serbia to Bosnia, where the attack took place. There are conflicting theories about why the Black Hand wanted to kill the Archduke, or if it really wanted to kill him at all. Some believe the Serbian group saw Austria-Hungary 1908 annexation of Bosnia-Herzegovina as an obstacle to its goal of a united Serbian state. Others suspect the organization wanted to destabilize its own government. The leader of the Black Hand, a Serbian colonel named Dragutin, Dimitrovic, nicknamed Apis, had already butted heads with the Serbian Prime Minister Nikola Pasic over how best to achieve unification, and maybe Dimitrovic hoped the assassination would bring enough international heat down on Pasic that he'd be removed from power. There's even a popular theory that Dimitrovic didn't expect the inexperienced young assassins to actually carry out the deed, but hoped to be sure to be botched attempt would be enough to get Pasek tossed out.
Posick rid himself of Dmitrievich for good in 1917, when the Black Hand leader, along with two other high-ranking members, were executed for treason. The Black Hand never regained its power. Number 8. The African-American Mysteries Most of what we know about the African-American Mysteries, also known as the Order of Men of Oppression, comes from the 1887 Detroit Tribune interview with the group's founder, William Lambert. He was a successful Black business owner in Detroit and a tireless advocate for Black suffrage, abolitionist causes, and public education for Black children. As the co-founder of the Colored Vigilant Committee of Detroit, Lambert helped more than 1,500 freedom-seeking people escape their enslavers via the Underground Railroad. But the African-American Mysteries was far more secretive operation. To protect themselves, members were taught special passwords and hand signals, and only two white members were reportedly ever allowed in. According to the sociologist Catherine Dupree Lumpkin, the society operated for at least 10 years, and its mostly black members were initiated by elaborate ritual, and some became conductors on the Underground Railroad. Membership was organized into ranks with titles such as Chevalier of Ethiopia and Knights of St. Domingo. Lambert established the group's membership at nearly 1 million free black men and women, with 60,000 achieving its higher, highest rank. According to Lambert, the group helped as many as 1,600 enslaved people reach Canada in one year, with as many as five crossing into the country per day. Wow, I've never heard this story. We go over to The Atlantic, The Secret History of Secret Societies by Stephen Heller. It's not surprising that America has hundreds of secret societies. After all, they're meant to inspire fascination. Adam Parfrey, the founder and owner of Feral House Publishing, has been keeping an eye on them since he watched the first Shriners Parade as a child. Their mysterious garb and raucous behavior provoked me and stayed with me throughout the decades. He says, now he produced The Ritual America, a book that reveals these quirky and nefarious underground cultures. We tried to cover all the sides of the story, he says. Not always an easy task when the story is about cultures premised on secrecy. In 1987, Parfrey published his first essay on this theme, King Kill 33. In the first edition of his book, Apocalypse Culture, one of the leading subjects of his research, conspiracy theories James Shelby Downard, a proposed scenario about JFK assassination that contained a fascinating speculation about the importance of Freemasonic twilight language double or triple meanings, numerology, and ometology. The essay stirred up controversy, even leading Marilyn Manson to title one of his songs, King Kill 33. In recent years, Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code bestseller revived popular interest in secret societies, but none of the books in the latest wave of pro-Masonic and conspiratorial literature has an image-heavy and sociological approach, as does Ritual America. 
Given the vast number of cults and subcults, Parfrey knew his research would be surprising to many. Despite the success of John Campbell's PBS series a couple decades ago, what good American think he's practicing rites or rituals? These words are thought to refer to what primitives do in foreign lands. Ritual America shows the hundreds of ritualistic oaths and procedures are practiced behind the doors of lodges and clubs, even today. Parfrey defines a secret society as a social group that demands an oath of allegiance to join. That's our perspective. We know that others may feel differently, he says. Some service-oriented organizations like lions or elks have a great deal of secret ritual within its structure. Rotary and Kiwanis, less so, but these organizations, like the Masons, require oaths of allegiance. No oath, no membership. Researching the book was eye-opening. There were an amazing number of groups, particularly at a time when there was no seeming reason for integrating secret rituals into their organizations. Hundreds of years ago, the Catholic Church battled groups of Freemasons over power and money, and the need for secrecy back then was logical. But today, it's a bit more mystifying. Parfait says his primary source was Albert C. Stevens' The Cyclopedia of Fraternities, 1899. More than 600 secret societies, Freemasonry is the granddaddy. Like AA is the archetype of all 12-step sobriety movements, Parfrey says. The secret societies had many purposes and took many shapes. Labor unions, business groups, rural agrarian organizations, religious and occult organizations, sobriety groups, drinking groups, immigrants and anti-immigrant organizations. As Parfrey puts it, taking in the breadth of them provides a snapshot of America. The question of who gets admitted to these groups refers to, recurs as a theme throughout history. Among the more troubling societies was a fairly large and important group, the Improved Order of the Red Men, which dates back to early 1800s. Its members dressed in Native American garb and had rituals inspired by that culture, yet refused to allow Native Americans into their society. Freemasonry and other fraternal groups, which said they welcome all comers who believe in God, were primarily Protestant in perspective. As a result, the Ku Klux Klan and other racist groups adopted a close form of Masonic ritualism, Parfrey says. The rites and rituals of these organizations were often bizarre and intimidating. Parfrey asserts that this was a way of challenging new members and providing a boast for all that get beyond the rituals. There were hazing initiation pranks that made people believe their heads were going to be chopped off and at minimum, they were going to drink goat's blood. Some groups actually seemed to appeal to the sadistic, he says. The payoff to membership in societies often extended outside meeting halls. During the Civil War, a number of soldiers in the North and South carried on them proof of their Masonic membership, which was supposedly to secure good treatment from the enemy. Then there were more business-oriented groups that in time became insurance agencies. Others served social functions. A 
remarkable group, the Veiled Prophet of the Curasan of St. Louis, which still exists today as a yearly debutante ball and parade, was based on a poem by Thomas More. He says, promotional material would feature a strangely veiled leader in a fairy tale setting. A part of the appeal of these societies has long been in their oddball accoutrements, costumes, banners, voting equipment, hoods, um, emblem, jewelry, and outlandish hats like the Fez. I think the Fez, as well as a lot of the Shriners costume, was done with an eye to exoticism or orientalism. Farfrey says, It seems strange, particularly today, that it's not demanded that all Shriners recite a blood-curdling oath with one hand on the King James Bible and the other hand on a Koran. Alright. Let's check. Alright, let's take a break. All right, we go over to India Times, where we see the nine most dangerous secret societies in the world. Now, a bunch of these we've already covered numerous times, so I'll skip over them. But we go to number five, the Order of Nine Angels. Established in the 60s, but getting its public recognition in the 90s, the Order of Nine Angels is a satanic group cult group based out of the United Kingdom. They claim to be the followers of Satanism and came to the attention of the people thanks to their neo-Nazi ideologies and activism. The members see it as a very individual pursuit of excellence by studying what Satan has to offer. Their writings believe in human sacrifice as a way to eliminate weakness and claim that the evil tribes are an important part of the strategy of the devil to carry out the mission to disrupt and ultimately conquer the common people. According to a recent survey, they have more female supporters than either the Church of Satan or the Temple of Set, more women with children, more older supporters, more supporters who come from better socioeconomic backgrounds. Wow. Number six, Assassins. Assassins, or Hashashin, is considered to be one of the most fearful of all the secret societies in the world. They are known for striking down their targets regardless of the number of security personnel that guard them. Between 1090 and 1256, there were eight grandmasters who ruled the Society of Assassins. In 1256 and 1258, the Mongols virtually destroyed the sect in Iran and in Syria. Although the assassins scattered throughout the East and into Europe, in 1272, the Mamluk Sultan Bebars brought about their downfall as an organized sect. Most of them were simply farmers during the day, but became fearless assassins by night. Number 7. The Ku Klux Klan The American cult Ku Klux Klan, or KKK, or the Klan, is the name of three distinct past and present right-wing cult movements in the United States. The KKK advocates extremist reactions to topics like white supremacy, white nationalism, and anti-immigration. Whoever's opposed them in the past 
have been dealt with through terrorism aimed at certain groups or individuals. The first movement was held in 1865 and through 1870s. The second and most popular one from 1915 to 1944. And the third and current one from 1946 until now. Today, many sources reclassify the Klan as a subversive or terrorist organization and has since been reduced from three to six million members to just five to eight thousand across the state. Ashoka's Nine Unknown Men. This is India's only recorded secret society, perhaps the oldest, and one that could change the world. Some believe this was the most powerful society in the world, especially because there were only nine members in it. King Ashoka of the Maurya dynasty in 270 BC, who had a change of heart after his conquests of Kalinga, formed a secret society of nine men who would hold the key to everything in his world. By everything, we mean everything. Members of the group who came from different walks of life were given a topic of speciality. They were given the responsibility to develop, preserve, and prevent the information that they found from getting into the hands of the people who were capable of misusing it. Introduced to the world by a certain Talbot Mundy, he suggested that the nine, these nine books are not only around in the modern world, but are also being constantly updated by people who could be completely trusted. If we look at the information these books hold, it is nothing short of mind-blowing. The first books talk about propaganda and psychological warfare. Perhaps the most dangerous of all, this book could actually hold the key to how we can alter opinion of the masses. The second one spoke about physiology and how a human can be killed by a simple touch. The third book deals with the microtechnology and microbiology. The fourth on alchemy and transmutation of metals. The fifth one, enlightened by the, the reader about communicating with the extraterrestrial. The sixth spoke of the concept of Vaminika Shastra, or the art of building spacecrafts, or UFOs. The seventh one was about cosmology, the secrets of time travel. The eighth one could teach the reader how to control the speed of light or use it for our own advantage. The final book discussed sociology. It would speak of the evolution of humans, evolution of societies, including their downfall. Ashoka felt that if these books fall in the wrong hands, who, or if they fall into the hands of someone who genuinely believes in the welfare of mankind, someone who is incorruptible, it could totally change the face of the planet. On the other hand, if it gets into the wrong hands, it could spell doom. The fear of the latter made it keep all of its heavily guarded secret. All right, very cool. I've never heard of that, so that was pretty fascinating. All right. We hop over to Atlas Obscura, where they talk about the seven not-so-secret homes of super-secret societies, many of which we've already mentioned, like the Bilderberg and the Skull and Bones tomb and all that kind of stuff. One we haven't talked about is Scientology's Tremantina Base, Tremantina, New Mexico. 
Scientology is most visible today because of celebrity members like Tom Cruise and John Travolta. Yet the organization has been aggressive over the years in tackling critics and maintaining its secrets. One of the most controversial religious groups, some characterize the movement as a cult. This can also be found in my cults episode. Basic Scientology belief holds that humans are immortal beings who have been reincarnated and have lived on other planets before finding themselves now on Earth. One of the things that make the religion controversial is its assertive nature over turning or turning to character assassination or litigation in dealing with skeptics and critics who would question their practices. The church is also extremely secretive, holding many of its teachings from members until they have made it to multiple levels. Scientology operates several churches called celebrity centers that are open to the public, but are primarily meant for anyone with the power and vision to create a better world. The Church of the Spiritual Technology, or CST, is reserved for the most trusted of members. Many of these members manage elaborate bases, including the Trementina Base. The official word from the church is that the base is a location used to preserve Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard's writings, which are said to be engraved on steel sheets and encased in titanium cases. It's thought that Trementina is more than just a location to archive Hubbard's work, however. Trementina contains underground dwellings and tunnels, but what's more interesting about the base is what you can see from the outside. Aerial photographs above the base show huge images dug into the earth. The images are that of the church's logo. Former members have claimed that the symbols are to mark the return point for members when they travel into the future. Other members have stated that this is the place where Hubbard is supposed to go when he returns. The Illuminati, Domus Sancte Martha, Vatican City, Vatican. Uh, it tells about the Bavarian group of Illuminati. Based Besides its actions, what is majority major mystery of this group is the location of its headquarters. Theorists have claimed many prominent locations are the headquarters of the Illuminati, from Disney World in Orlando, Florida, the Mormon Temple in Salt Lake City, Utah, the Statue of Liberty in New York City, Big Ben in London, Eiffel Tower in Paris, Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and many others, the Vatican. The theory that the Illuminati's headquarters is located at the Vatican is especially interesting due to the group's opposition to the church. It's believed that conspiracy theorists that the church was long ago infiltrated by the society, and so that would make its leader, the Pope, one of the Illuminati's highest-ranking members. Today, the Pope resides in a simple room in Domus Sancti Marte, a guest house adjacent to St. Peter's Basilica. The five-story building containing 106 suites and 22 single rooms is for clergy who are in town on official Holy See business, or perhaps an Illuminati meeting or two. So that's all conjecture. Ordo Templi Orentis, Bay Area Thelemic Temple. The Order of the Temple of the East was founded between 1895 and 1906 in either Austria or Germany. It is believed wealthy industrialist Karl, Karl Kellner 
began the religious movement, but it was famed occultist Aleister Crowley, whose name and additions to the group shouted it in curiosity and mystery. OTO was modeled somewhat after another secret society, the Freemasonry. But Crowley added a layer, his own self-created belief called Thelema. Thelema's beliefs and practices are written out in the book titled The Book of Law, and his core belief is do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Ideas from occultism and Eastern and Western mysticism found their way into Thelema, and thus OTO. The religion is highly secretive, and members move through the order in series of rites and rituals, moving up levels and forms of initiations. Levels have curious names such as Minerval, Master Magician, Illustrious Knight, Grandmaster of Light, and so on. There are two components at the core of OTO, magic rituals, which have been rumored to include tantric sex, the summoning of angels and demons, and astral projection. Then there's the Gnostic Mass, reminiscent of a Catholic Mass, only because it contains a host of wine towards the end. The Gnostic Mass includes elaborate costumes, and at the climax of the Mass, it's believed that the host turns into the body of God, and the wine, the blood of God. There are multiple locations of worship called camps, oasis, or lodges. The majority of them keep their location secretive to the greater public. The relatively small location in Oakland is an oasis. They hold a weekly Gnostic mass and a temple decorated in candles and Egyptian imagery. It's unknown exactly what takes place during initiation ceremonies or what knowledge is shared during these events. According to Crowley's autobiography, The Confessions of Aleister Crowley, the OTO is in possession of one supreme secret. The whole of its system is directed towards communicating to its members by progressively plain hints this all-important instruction. All right. Thanks for staying with me today as we explore some of the historical secret societies that are around and have been around for centuries. Very cool stuff from the harmless networking at college societies to the more political ones. I think the most fascinating story was about Akasha's nine men and the books that they held as secret. That one was pretty cool. But I digress. Thanks for being with me. Make sure to join the Facebook group at Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. The group is called Paranormal Stories, parentheses, Spooky Shiz. It's a great way to connect with me and send me any of your stories for future episodes. All right. Stay spooky, my friends.